Praise the Lord and welcome to I Have Podcast and another session of I Have a Testimony. I am your host, Reverend Mario Enajera. To all those uh, that are listening in for the first time and for all those that are returning back, welcome and, uh, and thank you for joining in. There's different ways that you can hear us on SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and we are also now on um, we're also now streaming on the um, Spotify podcast uh, network. There, if you're interested in following us, um, but I'm really grateful for all those that do listen in, and I just pray that uh, you continue to uh, receive blessings with hearing this podcast. But I am very honored uh, with having here with me today. Um, Pastor Anthony Romo of Phoenix First Apostolic Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And we are here today to testify of the goodness and the mercies of God. And no matter where you find yourself in your life's journey, that Jesus loves you, Jesus still saves, and that he's still doing works within his people. So listen as we hear some of what God has done in the life of my guest today. Uh, Pastor Anthony Romo, praise the Lord, and welcome to I Have Podcast, sir. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mario, for having me. It's just an honor to be able to connect with you today. Thank you, yes. And I really appreciate you accepting my invitation and taking the time uh, to get together with me. And as always, Pastor, my prayer for this conversation today is that the words we speak will inject faith in the hearts and the minds of those that are listening today in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, Pastor Anthony, I had the pleasure of uh, growing up in the District of Arizona, and uh, some of that is making acquaintances and friendships, you know, throughout the years. And you and your family have been in Arizona for a long time, Pastor, and we've got to cross paths in different capacities, you know, district events or services. And, um, and even though that's taken place, I've never really got to speak with you that much to kind of get to know you know, how this all got to start, got started for you. And I'm excited to learn along with the listeners today, um, what kind of, you know, just some of what God has done for you in your life, Pastor. And, and with saying all that, um, my first question to you then, Pastor, would be, where would you say you found yourself in your personal life before your own experience in relationship with Christ? What was that like for you, Pastor? You know, it's, it's, it's pretty unique in, in the sense that that I was raised in a pastor's home, uh, fourth generation apostolic, both of my grandfathers that have gone on to be with the Lord uh, were pastors. Uh, my grandfather pastored here mm-hmm. in Surprise, Arizona, and later helped my father as an assistant when he was in Glendale, and the Lord decided to take him during that season. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather and my mom's side pastored in the in New Mexico and then later they moved here to Arizona and my grandfather became a good asset to the local church had a passion for teaching uh, but they were both heavily involved in the ministry mm-hmm. and of course my father uh, being a pastor uh, he's celebrating uh, gonna be 37 years of pastorship wow. here at the beginning of 2022. And so my entire life has been around ministry, around the apostolic church, uh, raised on the pew, so to speak. But like everybody, you know, that's raised in the church, 
you have to have your own experience with God. Yes. And so, you know, I had questions and, and you know, a, a moment in my life where I felt a little discouraged, uh, confused, disconnected. Uh, but at the age of 14, uh, you know, I said, okay, Lord, if, if you're real and this is really for me, I want my own relationship with God. Mm. I want my own experience. Uh, I've seen a lot. Uh, you know, I've uh, experienced salvation. I've, you know, know what it's like to be in the apostolic church. Yeah. But I want something genuine. Mm. I want something real, you know, that, that I know for myself that, that I've had an experience with God. Yeah. So at 14, I just completely surrendered. Mm. And, uh, you know, I felt God dealing with me. You know, when I was about 12 years old, uh, I, I started seeing myself as in, I don't know if it was dreams or, or visions, but I just started seeing myself preaching. And I had a, I had a dream, and I remember specifically, you know, where I was in a huge auditorium and I was preaching and, and there was thousands of people there and I didn't know what that meant. Mm. I didn't know if that was just... I ate too much before I went to bed <laughs> or because people my whole life were telling me, you know, your dad's a pastor. So you're going to be a pastor. Mm. You know, you're, you're going to be a preacher. And so for two years of my life, I battled that, mm -hmm. you know, I battled the idea that well, am I doing this because I'm supposed to, mm. am I just walking down the path that, that I'm supposed to walk? You know, uh, without a choice, just kind of how it goes. Yeah. But then I, I ultimately just said, okay, God, this is stronger than just, you know, going with the flow, you know, doing, quote, unquote, what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Maybe you're calling me to something. And I, I totally surrendered. I remember praying in my bedroom, you know, at, at 14 years old. God, you know, if you're calling me, I'll go. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in my particular life, almost in every season, I, I get to that moment again, mm -hmm. where there's a, a turning point or, or just difficulty. It's like God calls me back to that place of surrender. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, Lord. I'm married. I have three kids, but I'll still go. Yeah. I'll still do it. I'll still say what you want me to say. And, and that was the beginning of, of me just surrendering to God. Mm. And again, I, I was already baptized in Jesus name, already filled with the Holy ghost. I'd gone to camps, been in powerful church services. I mean, I'm in church three, four times a week, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, sick uh, with a bunch of homework waiting for me at home, <laughs> no options of staying home. But with all of that, I still needed to have a moment of surrender, mm. a moment of just saying, God, you're real. Yeah. And I know you are, but I want you to be real in my life. Mm. And then everything changed. That was kind of the beginning yeah. without going through too much detail yeah. and, 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 you know, kind of going through all of that. But just really for me, where everything changed. Yeah. 
And, and I think, Pastor Anthony, that's that's the. I think that's what's giving you longevity, you know, in this in this race in this ministry, uh, because from from what I see afar and from what I I see in your spirit, it's just always a willingness to be open and to talk and and, and to serve. And, and and I and I mean that when I say it, not just to give you you know uh, something that you would like to hear, but but I I really believe that because I believe that that's why you've been anointed you know this song and and you've been able to to minister the way you've been able to minister, um, because you know that willingness to surrender, you know we can do this we can we can be in this walk we can you know have a ministry, but when we when we lack that point of surrender. Um, and knowing that it's going to be God that's doing all those things, it, it's kind of it's kind of like we push ourselves in a sense, you know, like we're it's, it's about ourselves in that in that sense. But but I I really always appreciate your spirit and and your ministry, Pastor Anthony. And I bring that up because I remember one day out of the blue, I had a dream about you, and I go I don't I just heard your name and I heard them calling and like you know I'm going to call Pastor Anthony. I don't know if he'll answer me or not, but you know we really don't talk as much or as often. Uh, but you you called. I mean, you answered, and we talked for about like an hour, you know. <laughs> so I just always really appreciated that about you know your spirit and your service and your ministry. You know, just willing to 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 serve. You know, in that sense, you know, it, it really yeah, it really means a lot. Um, so so you touched on you know you gave your life to the Lord at fourteen. Uh, you you felt you know there was a calling. Um, you surrendered yourself to the Lord. Um, you did mention though, Pastor. You know the 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 struggle sometimes of being known as you know your grandfather and and you know being fourth generation. Pastor Romo being your father, Bishop Romo being your father, and, and being a you know preacher in his own right, and and you know kind of the footsteps you would need to follow. You know that you think you would need to follow. But but did there ever come a time, Pastor? You know when you're called to ministry, that you know, that that struggle was real for you in a sense where like, okay, it's P- Brother Anthony going to preach. That's Brother Romo's son. So there was like an expectation. What was that like in ministry for you then? You know, it, it's it's a double-edged sword. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's a blessing and a great responsibility. Yeah. You know, I think, honestly, there was a hesitancy in, in me surrendering in the beginning mm. because I, I felt like, I didn't qualify, mm. you know, I, I, I couldn't do it. I'm not as great as my dad is, yeah. you know, my dad could speak both languages effectively. I mean, he could walk into a room without notes and just start preaching and teaching and inspiring. Uh, he could light up a room mm. and me, I was like, if God's calling me to something anywhere similar to that, I can't do that. Like, I can't speak like he does. I don't got that, you know, that presence, that mind, you know, I I struggle with English and he's over there flowing in English and Spanish. So it was just like a, like a a challenge that I had to overcome, Mm. you know, in my life. And and it was intimidating. You know, my dad was preaching all these conference conventions uh, all the camps that were out there in mm. time restoration, you know, for the apostolics, that's, that, that's one of our biggest conferences. Yeah. And, you know, it was just like, wow, I, I, I'll never measure up. Mm. And so I battled a lot of insecurities, 
you know, and, and what I really had to understand is, is that it had to get over myself. Mm. You know, that's pride. Mm. That's flesh because you're thinking I got to do it. Yeah. It's something that I'm going to accomplish in my own power. And so in that surrendering, I also had to surrender my flesh mm. and say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. It's impossible. Yeah. My dad is my dad mm-hmm. and I'm my own person. And if you're calling me, mm. it's my own calling. Yes. And so I want you to make me what I need to wow. be, you know? And so it was at the beginning was more of a, a burden, mm. but as the years have passed, it has been the most amazing blessing mm. to have a, a teacher, yeah. a mentor, a pastor, a friend who is ultimately my father, yeah. easily accessible, you know, to give me advice and counsel and the crazy thing is, is I tell my wife all the time, we're doing the exact same thing that my parents did at wow. this stage of their lives. I'm putting my kids through the exact same wow. stuff that I went through, Yeah, you know? And the only way I'm able to manage and navigate all of this is just doing what my dad did, <laughs> you know? How did, how did my dad handle that? Yeah. How did my dad navigate this? And, and and the blessing is I still have him yes. to say, hey, how did you do this? Yeah. When you were enc- encountering these challenges, you know, yeah, times are different mm-hmm. and the years have passed, but but ministry in its essence is still the same. Yeah. It's about motive. It's about heart. Mm. It's about being faithful to God and, and doing what God's called you to do. Yes. That's the same principles. Yeah. That will apply in every season and every time. So to me, I, I look at it now, you know, as as a as a father and a husband, as as a blessing mm. that you know I've been able to have these experiences yeah. and have my dad kind of help me, uh, you know, get through every season. Mm. You know, so yes, it was challenging. Yeah. Yes, it was a burden, but at the same time. It's a huge blessing. Yeah, I can imagine, brother, for sure. So when so being baptized at fourteen, um, when did when did ministry happen? When, when did when were you um, called into ministry, Pastor? Do you recall what year that was? How that worked out for you? You know, in nineteen ninety five is when I got baptized in Jesus' name after uh, coming back from a junior camp mm. and. Uh, you know, just trying to figure out what serving the Lord was, mm-hmm. being so young. And while all of that was happening, God was calling me. Mm. The wonderful thing that I had was that I was involved in music. I was our church drummer. And and so it was there that I learned a lot about ministry, commitment, serving, working with the team, you know, having mm-hmm. expectations. All of those things that you learn in ministry, mm-hmm. I was learning at that stage in my life. But just as a drummer, mm. you know, having to go to practice, being in church three times a week, getting there early, staying late, all the stuff that that volunteers and, mm. and workers in the church, what they do, you know. Mm. And so that was my training ground, you know, and, and, and then it wasn't until I was 14 
that I ultimately saw myself maybe doing more than just drums, mm. you know, because at a moment I thought, Hey, you know, I'm just going to be a drummer. You know, I'm going to mm. serve my church on the drums. I'm going to back up my daddy here in the music. Maybe I'll get into other instruments. Maybe I'll work the sound, Yeah. but that's where God has me. And I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of started trying to dive more into that mm-hmm. because I knew that there was something more that God was calling me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I had what it took. But at the age of 14, I just surrendered. Wow. And I got more involved with the youth ministry in our church, uh, started helping out wherever was needed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I went to a Christian school. You know, I, I've graduated from a Christian school. And the first time I ever preached was in a chapel service in my Christian school mm. at 14 years old. And uh, I had to, the, the teacher there was like, look, we're going to get all the, everybody to have an opportunity. And so in a couple of months, it's going to be your turn. Get ready. But like everybody, you know, I waited the week of, you know, <laughs> to, to get ready. <laughs> I, I know that doesn't happen anymore. But anyway. but that was back in those days. We got a month's notice, yeah. and we still waited the, the, the day of. <laughs> and and mm. I remember going to my dad and like, look, I got I to gotta preach. They, I don't know if it's a real sermon, but they give me a little slot, mm. and I need your help. So he sat down with me, opened the Bible, gave me like a bird's eye view yeah. of what you got to do to prepare a sermon, at least from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And he helped me put together a little outline. You know, I kind of did my own little research, put some of my own little notes in there. Yeah. And, and the day came where I preached, was supposed to preach my first sermon. And my parents showed up. Oh. My mom and dad were there. My older sister, who who had already graduated, she was there in that service. And, and then, of course, the student body. Mm. And I got up. I was nervous. My knees were shaking. My voice was shaking, but I just thought, I'm going to read through these notes yeah. and I'm going to be done. But when I stood behind that pulpit at 14 years old, I saw that crowd. I saw that auditorium. I saw that build, huge building with several thousand people. Mm. And I'm like, this is what God's called me to do. Wow. I opened my mouth, started preaching. 45 minutes later, I was done. And it's still one of my challenges to this day is to be done when I'm, when I'm preaching. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I was never one of those, like, super spiritual people, you know, where they're like, brother, you know, an angel told me. Mm. I saw trumpets. Yeah. You know, for me, it was just like I stood up behind that little podium in front of that small student body. And I thought to myself, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Mm. This is why I was born. Wow. Like I was born to inspire people, to encourage people, to preach the gospel. And if God, if you'll allow me for the rest of my life, this is what I'm going to do. Wow. As broken as I am, with all the insecurities and challenges that I have, you know, if, if I measure up, yeah. if I know what I'm doing or not, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And I'm yours, God. And that's where it began for me. And I can remember like it was yesterday 
what it, that church looked like, mm. what it felt like, the words I was sharing. I still got the notes. Wow. I, I looked at them a couple of years back in my office and I was just like, man, God's been good. Amen. All these years later, you know, that was 1997. Wow. And, and that's where it all began for me. Wow, Pastor. Man, that's awesome. I, 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 I want to say this, and I want to be careful because I'm not saying that not, not all churches do this or not all people have this ability, uh, ability to, to be taught this. But um, I, I remember as, as being a young preacher, I, no one really sat down with me and, and you know, talked me through, you know, hey, this is kind of one way you can study or one way you can look at this. You know, and and um, and I find that you know even for young ministers or, or preachers today, you know, kind of having an idea of what it is to study, you know, uh, about mm-hmm. breaking down scriptures and then being able to preach. But one of the things I remember learning the hard way was, you know, back then we had cassette tapes and, and you know yeah. preachers and a Jeff Arnold and and you know just a bunch of preachers from CLC and and I would listen to all of them and every time I heard one of them, that's exactly how I wanted to sound. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly oh, yeah. how I want it to be, and, and 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 it was outside of my element though, because even though I tried, uh, you know, it, it was almost like you're putting on a performance, you know, when when you were preaching in mm-hmm. that way. So one of the things that you like you kind of touched on, Pastor, was you know to learn to work within. God called you for a purpose and a reason. He knows my character and everything else. So. Sometimes I could see when I would preach, people would be like, oh, you know, he's kind of soft-spoken or he does get emotional at times. You know, that's when I feel the Spirit leading me to do so I will. But other times people are like, you know, I don't know. But I go, you know what? It's God's Word. God's going to do the work in this, you know. So I think it's really important to find mentors, you know, especially if you're interested in ministry. um, You know, to kind of learn those things and and learn uh, study habits, which are going to help you in the long run. Um, kind of going back a little bit more, Pastor, I just had a thought in my head when you were talking about Bishop Romo and how you could just walk into a room and begin to preach. I remember we were in Black, California, and that's where I originally was from, and we were at a funeral for a brother. And I don't know if the family was expecting Bishop Romo to show up or not, but he ended up showing up. And then he was sitting in the back, and someone saw him, and they go, Bishop Romo's here, and they go, get him up here. So they got him up there. Pastor... Ten minutes, he was talking about the armor of, of God, and he just blew the roof. <laughs> you know, it was a funeral, <laughs> but we were worshiping, and he was just pre like, like no preparation. He just, I, I, I think he just drove in, and he was sitting in the back, and they put him to, you know, they took him to the front, and my God, he just, it's just amazing how, how when you're yeah. in tune, yeah, and, and 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 you understand your calling, and you're in tune with that, how, how that that's such a blessing for you, but. Um, but yeah, again, you know, learning good study habits, learning, uh, you know, to practice in your ministry, it'll take you a long way for sure. Um, but, uh, having that calling and I love how you kind of talked about that pastor, that, that kind of full circle where you had a dream about preaching in an auditorium and, and there you were at 14 preaching, uh, you know, there and, and, and just knowing that God has called you and, and that you surrender to that calling, but between that time and, and any time in your ministry, was there ever a moment in your life that, that you know, there's different seasons, but was there ever a season that came up that just kind of felt like, man, what, I thought I was doing this right. You know, what, what's going yeah. on? You know, uh, could you share some, a little something about that? I think that happens at every 
uh, turning point, mm. you know, where, where it's a different season is changing mm. or God is transitioning you, yeah. you know, to, to another place, whether it's a spiritual place mm. or a ministerial place or a literal physical place. Mm. You know, I, I think we all go through those doubts yeah. and it's like, okay, Lord, I thought you called me. The doors were opened. Mm. We came here or I'm doing this. I'm submitted to this, uh, but it doesn't sound like what mm. you told me initially. You know, what, no. what am I doing? Like you said, am I doing something wrong? Mm. Did I miss the will of God? Am I am I staying too long in this particular place? Mm. And so I think it's it's in those moments where God teaches you how to hear His voice, how to follow Him. Mm. Uh, you know how how to be patient and wait on Him. I tell the church this all the time. The majority of your Christian life will be spent waiting, mm. you know, waiting for the answer to come, waiting for God to fulfill his purpose, waiting for the, uh, you know, the seed to give fruit and the mm. harvest to come, uh, you know, waiting for that word that you spoke to accomplish mm. its purpose in that person's life. You will spend the majority of your Christian life waiting. Yeah. And so it's better to learn how to wait as soon as possible, you know, yeah. to hear God's voice, to learn that you're going to learn, have to learn how to wait on him. Mm. But while you're waiting, like the prophet Isaiah says, you're renewing your strength. Mm. And, and that's what we don't understand. We think that waiting is doing nothing. But God is saying, when you wait, I'm renewing you. Mm. I'm giving you strength. I'm giving you focus. You know, and you'll mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not go weary. You'll walk and not faint. That's that's levels My God. that God is taking you through in your renewing process. You know, from from walking to running to flying like an eagle. What does that happen? Wow. The prophet says, by waiting. Mm. And that goes against our mind. Because yeah. we want to do something. I'm moving and I'm taking a step of faith. God's telling me this. No, no, no. You you wait, and he's renewing you, and you're walking, and you're going to run, yeah. and then you're going to fly, but you can't get there until you wait, you know? And, and so, if I could say this, waiting on God is productive, mm. you know? We don't think waiting is productive. Yeah. I wasted 15 minutes waiting for the doctor. I'm waiting for the stoplight to turn green. I'm waiting for my coffee at Starbucks. What a waste. Mm. Well, it may look like that in the natural, mm -hmm. but when you're waiting on the Lord, wow. you're being renewed. You're actually getting stronger. Your, your, your muscles, spiritual muscles are resting yeah. because you're going to be flying real soon. You know, you're walking right now. About, you're feeling weary, but, but God is saying, if you'll just wait, mm. I'll renew you. And then you'll run and you'll not get weary. And you'll fly, wow. but you can't fly until you learn how to wait. My goodness! Wow, Pastor, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that, what a way to look about waiting in God's time instead of feeling frustrated, you know, instead of feeling yeah. all these, yeah, but kind of seeing it that in the supernatural. Wow, that that's awesome. Thank you so much for saying that, Pastor. That's awesome. Oh, to wait on the Lord, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, and that that comes, brother, from from years 
mm. I'm learning how to wait. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm still learning. Yeah. I, I've been in in-between seasons, you know, when you're in between the mountain mm-hmm. and the valley. Yeah. You know, when you're in the mountain, you're celebrating, and, you know, it's, it's fruitful. Someone said the air is clearer and fresher on the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And the valley, everybody knows what the valley is. Yeah. It's trouble and struck struggling and you know and dry times but what do you do when you're in between mm. what do you do when you're in the hallway yeah. between the door that closed behind you and the door that won't open in front of you that's when you wait uh-huh. and it happens a lot yeah you know and and so those are things that we remind ourselves yeah i'm getting stronger i'm being renewed uh, god's doing something in me yeah. my vision's going to get clearer I'm going to understand when this door opens, why I had to wait. Yeah. And I'm going to look back and thank God that I got stronger in that season mm. because I, I didn't know this was coming. Yes. And now that what I just went through is preferring me for this yeah. that God has given me. My God. I, I feel in my spirit, Pastor, that someone that hears this, I, I pray that it, it just blesses their life because... Amen. Maybe there's a season of waiting, and and again, instead of dealing with frust- dealing with it through frustration and you know being impatient, rather seeing it as a moment in time where God's renewing and refreshing for sure. Oh, that's good, Pastor. Uh, well, Pastor, if, if if there was any person or persons in mind that you feel would be the most influential, again, we're talking about seasons, but mm-hmm. w- w- would you would you have anyone in mind that 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 impacted your person? in your faith journey, um, is there a person that, that kind of had, or persons, again, that kind of had uh, an influence in your in your walk through different seasons in your life? I, I can think of many. Mm. You know, I, I do think there are, there are mentors mm-hmm. that will walk through with you, better said, through every season. Mm. And that mentor for me has been my dad. Mm. You know, from when I first gave my life to the Lord, got into ministry, in, in, in the different seasons that I've gone through, yeah. he's been that that voice, mm. and that all of us need. Mm-hmm. And and you're blessed if you have a mentor like that. Mm. You know, whether it's your pastor or another voice that has been speaking to you yeah. at different seasons of your life. You know, uh, but then there's also seasonal voices. Mm that God puts in your life because you need them in that moment. Mm-hmm. And they're literally only meant to get you to the next season. Wow. And, you know, my father's been that voice throughout my life, Yeah. but I've had different voices. Mm-hmm. When I went to Bible college, I had a mentor who began mentoring me before I went to Bible college and right afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, almost to after I got married. And uh, it was Dr. Jeffrey Garner. Mm. You know, um, he was a, a teacher at the Bible college at, at that particular time. And so he became a mentor. And so when I was in college, he, he became that voice mm. that challenged me to spirituality, spiritual disciplines, uh, to get more educated mm. and prepared and, and passionate. And, and what I learned from Dr. Garner was just a, a passion for God. Mm. And everything you do, do it passionately. Mm-hmm. That was the kind of person that he was. 
Uh, we've lost contact, obviously, but he was one of those voices mm. for that season of my life that mm. I needed. He, he taught me how to pray all night. Mm. We used to do all night prayer meetings. You know, uh, he taught me how to hear the voice of God. Mm. You know, he literally was a, an instructor of a class that we had in Bible college called Hearing the Voice of God. And he told me in that season, if there's anything that you can learn that's going to help you for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. no matter where you go, ministry, business, decision-making, it's how to hear God's voice. Mm. He says, everybody needs to hear God's voice. And, and that was his contribution to my life. Mm. My life was never the same. Wow. You know, when, when, when I wanted to start dating my wife, when, you know, at that time when we got married, you know, he would, he, I went to him for the blessing. Mm. You know, he, he performed the wedding ceremony of my wife and I, and was a very powerful voice. And I thought I was going to have him for my whole ministry, mm. but God didn't want it that way. No. He was a seasonal voice. Yeah. You know, I had another person, Pastor Eli Lopez. He was the, the youth pastor there at Christian Life Center mm. when I was at Bible college. And he asked me to be his assistant, assistant youth pastor. And so uh, Dr. Jeffrey Garner was like my mentor, Mm -hmm. but uh, Pastor Eli was my pastor. Mm. Even though my dad was my spiritual authority, Mm -hmm. I called him for, you know, spiritual advice when I was at Bible college. But Pastor Eli was the one that was always checking in on me, Mm. you know, making sure I was doing what I needed to do living the way I was needing to live, mm-hmm. you know, he, he just kind of spoke some things into my life yeah. and he became a, a powerful voice, you know, a, one of those seasonal voices, mm-hmm. you know, that I needed. And, and every, every now and again, when I approach something in ministry or leadership, I'll remember something that pastor Eli, mm-hmm. you know, shared. And although I don't have that connection with him anymore, yeah. I needed his voice in that line. Yeah. You know, and, and so it, it it's just been those kind of seasonal yeah. voices, you know, and, and, and I tell people this all the time. You, everybody needs a Paul. Mm. That, that's a, a voice that speaks into your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have that mentor. But you also need a Barnabas who was for like Paul, a contemporary mm. that will challenge you, that will set a pace for you, you know, that will encourage you. You know, you're doing ministry together. You're in similar seasons. Maybe you're in different places, mm-hmm. different states even. But you have that Barnabas mm-hmm. and Paul your relationship. But then you also need a Timothy, someone that you're going to speak into. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether they're a new convert or a young person or, or just a new leader that you see potential in, mm-hmm. that you can speak to. And, and that's something that I've adopted. Because mm-hmm. although my father's, he's still my pastor, my spiritual authority, my mentor. I have other contemporaries mm-hmm. that challenge me. I mean, challenge me in every aspect of life, financially, ministerially, you know, just to be a better preacher, mm-hmm. better Christian, better pastor, you know, better husband, better father. And, and we challenge each other. Mm-hmm. But there's also people that God has blessed me to be able to speak into their life mm. and, and share things with them. And, and so for me, that's kind of been the season that I'm in right now. Mm. You know, um, I love to read. I love to study. 
like you, you know, in your early experience, I was a preacher fan. Mm -hmm. I collected preaching tapes before podcasts and YouTube. That's what we did. I can remember entire summers with my little tape player in my room (laughs) and just all day, all night, you know, School of Prophets, Because the Times, Mm -hmm. Landmark, End Time, General Conventions, Mm -hmm. the UPCI General Conference. I knew all these preachers mm-hmm. before I ever met them. Yeah. And the majority of them I still haven't met. Yeah. But they impacted my life. Mm. I mean, I owe a, a huge debt of gratitude to these men of God that were mentoring me yeah. in a very formidable time in my life. Mm, yeah. Where I would end a lot of those preachings on my knees, praying and crying out to God, laying in my bed with headphones on mm. because it was late at night and everybody was asleep in my house. Yeah. But 14, 15, 16 years old, tears just streaming down my face, my pillow just wet with tears because the preacher's talking about drawing me closer to God, mm. repenting, surrendering, giving it all you got. Yeah. And, and, and those were also mentorship type of moments Yeah. early on in my ministry. Yeah that I believe marked my life. And, yeah. and, and even a lot of the things that we do till today, I remember hearing the passion and, and, and the focus in those voices, the disciplines that you could hear behind the, the, the voice, mm-hmm. their heart, and say, God, if I ever get to that place, yeah. that's what I want to be. Yeah, I want to have those types of uh, values and, and focus. And, and so that was kind of my mentorship mm-hmm experience yeah. you know being mentored at the times yeah. from afar yeah yeah i my you, you brought back so many memories i remember uh being yeah 13 14 years old in my room with the little tape recorder and then my mom coming in like at 10 o'clock at night in my room mario are you okay <laughs> i'm all yeah what happened yeah. i hear people yelling i was like no i'm listening to a preacher <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't have headphones. That, you know, we didn't have the headphone plugins or whatever. But I go, yes, I, I go. I'm sorry. I try to turn it down a little more. She's all, no, that's fine. If you're listening to a preaching, but she she goes, I just hear someone yelling. And I was like, no, they're preaching. She goes, oh, okay. And yeah. I remember I'd even try try to transcribe. I would hear preaching. I would play half of the part. Then I would type it out or write it down. And then I would keep playing play. And it would take days, days and days, just because I wanted to write down what they were saying and I wanted to look up everything they were saying. You know, afterwards. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and and I think that's a great blessing, Pastor Anthony. I don't know if you thought of this, but, you know, kind of like you were mentioning, afar mentorship. But uh, how many people that you get to um, do the same for some young person coming up that maybe, you know, they're listening to you or they've got to hear you or they got to, you know, see you preach somewhere, you know, kind of like, man. You know, if, if 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 that brother can do it, I know that the Lord can, you know, I can do it also, you know, kind of, yeah. uh, you know, in strength and influence in people's lives. That That's just an amazing thought to think of, you know, um, how, how God is kind of doing the same with you. Um, so, Pastor, we're, we're talking about, you know, influences and, and seasons. And right now we are, I don't know if to say we're kind of coming over the season of COVID-19, or, or what's happening right now? Uh, I'm just waiting on the Lord <laughs> with all this. Yeah. But h- how has that a, a test or affected your life and your church life right now, Pastor? How's that been going for you guys? You know, I, I, there's so many takeaways. Mm. I, I feel like I'm telling the church every week 
one of the things I've learned from COVID and that list is probably like at like 50 now, mm. you know, the different principles, you know, why we had to go through it, why the Lord allowed it. Mm. And I know there's a lot of different schools of thought, yeah. you know, and we can take it in so many different directions, mm. you know, um, regarding the end times, the coming of the Lord, you know, spiritual warfare, which is very relevant, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but one of the things that I've learned is that I think God allowed this to happen because our priorities were off, mm. you know, as as a world, as a country, uh, as a church, mm. and even in our personal lives. Mm. People were working to gain some notoriety, mm. you know, to buy a bigger house, to buy more things, neglecting their family. You know, people were traveling for the sake of traveling, mm. you know, uh, doing all these things, you know, that maybe weren't necessarily the right priorities, mm. the things that God wanted us to do. And so God allowed all of that to that be put on pause so that we could really understand what really, really matters. And, and I believe one of those things is that our priorities were out of work. Mm. The church as well, uh, us as individuals, you know, we get caught up in the rat race, mm, yeah. you know, I, I gotta, I gotta make a living, which is important and understandable. Yeah. I gotta provide for my family, yeah. but that doesn't cancel out the fact that I need to spend time with my family. Mm. You know, a lot of folks think that, that their job is the same thing as, the, as their family. Mm. You know, this is what provides for my kids. This is what pays my bills. You know, so I have to have my job yeah. and I have to dedicate my life to it, you know, and they equate it at the same level as their family, mm-hmm. you know, without that job, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't take care of my family. Mm-hmm. So what we're really doing is, is, is this is family. That's family time, yeah. you know, and, and, and it wasn't, and it still isn't, yeah. and, but then we got to go home and get locked in. Yeah. With our spouses and our kids, you know, and, and not able to go to restaurants, yeah. not able to travel, not able to visit people, the things that were we were so plugged into, mm-hmm. taking us away from our relationship with God, mm. uh, our relationship with our spouse, our time with our children, you know, and, and our children, no matter what age they are, they're never going to be that age again. Yeah. You know, the season they're in right now. They're not going to be there again. And if you're blessed, if they're small enough to still look at you with with that, like, daddy, Mm. yeah, you know what? Uh, They listen to you and you talk and their eyes light up. You know, if you're in that season, take advantage of it. Speak into their lives, you know, share values with them, you know, uh, expectations, purpose, why we live the way we live. Mm. All of that was possible during this pandemic, yeah. you know, to be able to focus in. And I know we lost a lot. Mm. There's a lot of pain, a lot of grief. People are trying to figure out what the new normal is going to be. Yeah. Uh, pretty much beginning to settle in their hearts that we'll never be able to go back to where we were. Yeah. That the world has forever changed. We have forever changed. Yeah. And so how do I navigate? What are the next steps? Is it okay to have long-term goals? Mm. You know, because it seems like we all got caught up 
you know, living day to day, week to week and month to month. And prior to the pandemic, we had five year goals and 10 year goals and retirement plans. But because we're now in that survival mode, we're like, is it okay to dream? Mm. Is it okay to still have those plans? Because things are constantly changing and evolving. And so you got all of that that you're dealing with as a society. And you can feel it in the air, the tension, the confusion, the lack of peace. People want to be at peace. Mm -hmm. They want to take that deep breath. But Mm -hmm. as they're inhaling, they stop themselves. Mm -hmm. What about the variants? What about the political climate? What about the racial tension? So they don't really get to a place of, of, of being at peace. Mm. So there's a tension. Mm. Am I allowed to relax? Am I allowed to move on? Yeah. Or can, or do I just stay here? You know? And so those are so many of the different feelings that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. But in all of that, Jesus continues to be the answer. Yes. He continues to be the Prince of peace, Amen. the light in the darkness a very present help in the time of trouble. And in this moment, it's an opportunity for us to draw closer to him mm-hmm. and get our sense of purpose and direction for our life from him, yeah. not from society, yeah. not hanging on the next tweet of the CDC mm-hmm. or the, the breaking news that comes on the bottom of our television, but to put our hopes in him yes. and, and know that he's in control. And as long as he's on the throne, Everything's going to be all right. Yes. We're going to make it, yes. uh, you know, because he's 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 orchestrating everything. Mm-hmm. He's leading. He's guiding. Yeah. You know? and so that's kind of where I I feel you know, that that we're at right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I got I was mentioning earlier that I got to speak with you on the phone, and and we we're kind of touching on that a little bit. And I kind of borrowed from you what we were talking about because uh, one of the things that you mentioned was you know it's not to try to return back to normal. It's it's to get back to something new now. We like you said, we can't get back to what we used to be before because that's gone, that's past. Yeah. It, it's it's new. And I remember uh, I had an opportunity not too long ago to preach and uh, during the Spanish service, and that's what I told him. I go, you know, we're we're coming back. I don't want to say coming back to normal, but coming back to a new. You know, let's look yes, at sir. it as a new, because uh, when we had that conversation, it just opened my mind like, man, that's very true. Try not to figure out how to get back to how it used to be, but try to figure out, you know, through all of this that we've been through, how can we do something new? Because God's new every day, his mercy, his blessings. Sure. Yes. So it, it's just, if he's new, all you know, if he's new with all these things, his he desires for us, then, then we ought to look at the same way, you know, to, how can we do this brand new? And I think that's one of the things you even mentioned in our conversations, that maybe the things we, it gives us an opportunity to, give it, to look back at things that we looked at, that we were doing, and maybe they weren't working. And now we had a, an opportunity and time to kind of evaluate all those things, you know, so we can come back, again, anew and refreshed and, and you know, taking it to a different level. So, um Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think you're, you're correct and in, in that we can't go backwards. Mm. The Lord always told the Israel in the Old Testament, mm. you know, I'm, do, I'm taking you forward. Yes. I'm going to do a new thing, you know, and, and if you look back to the past, it's simply a point of reference, mm. not a place to go, That's but a place good. to reflect. 
Yes. You know, and I, I think as a as a people of God, we have to look at it the same way. Mm. We don't want to go back to 2019. Yes. yes. And it's actually impossible yeah. to go back to 2019. Yeah. You know, and, and you hear people say, oh, the last vacation I took, mm. 2019. The last promotion at my job, mm -hmm. 2019. Like if it was such a, an amazing time. Mm. And maybe in, in correlation to 2020, you know, but yeah. now we're in 2021. You can't go back. Mm -hmm. You're here now. So what are we going to do? Yeah. And so we can't go back, mm -hmm. but we can go forward. Yes. And I think one of the, the, the terms that has been brought to us in this season is essential. We learned what essential workers were. Mm. That was a term that was used all across the country. Yes. You know, an essential worker. Essential workers had certain privileges, mm -hmm. you know, because they're essential. All this other stuff that we had, we don't need mm. because we have these essential people. Yeah. And I think the Holy Ghost has been speaking to the church uh, the same things. There was a lot of stuff that we've been doing mm. that we were naming and labeling as important, mm. urgent. We need to do these things. These are important. We've always done this. Yeah. This is such a part of us. It's a, it's a tradition and we can't let go of it. But we went to this pandemic and our churches broke down to just two or three things, mm. prayer, worship, and the ministry of the word. All the other stuff that we were doing that filled our calendars that got us all busy and, and, and rushing home from work to go to, yeah. you know, where it became non-essential, mm. you know? And so now we're coming back coming somewhat out of this yeah. and we want to go back, fill our calendars again, get busy with all this other stuff yes. that for a year was not essential. Mm. It didn't make a, a positive impact or a negative impact. Mm. It just was a non-essential thing. So we all got to figure out specifically in the church, what is it that we have mm. that's essential? Yes. Salvation is essential. Yes. Baptism in Jesus name is, is essential. Yes. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is essential. Yes. Walking in holiness is essential. Mm. Praise and worship, evangelism, discipleship. Yes. Those things are essential. Everything else, mm. as important as it might be, or we think it's important, mm. more important to some than others, it may not be essential. Yes. And so in our personal lives, where we find ourselves, what was it that we were doing mm. in 2019? that we thought was essential, yeah. that we lived an entire year without. And, and we didn't die. We, we, you know, we we stayed grounded. Our marriages continued moving forward. Our yeah. families, our spiritual lives continued progressing. You know, yeah. maybe we, we just didn't need that thing, mm. that habit, that attitude, that way of seeing things. Yeah. You know, and so God hit the reset button mm. and is allowing us to re- configure what our spiritual lives are going to be, yes. where our focus should be, what really matters. In other words, what is really essential, yes. you know, prayer, reading the word, connecting with other believers, mm. developing a lifestyle of worship, mm -hmm. getting connected to the local church. Mm -hmm. Those things are essential. Yes. Some of this other stuff that we've done, you know, praise God if we're able to do it again. Yeah. But if not, we know we can live without it. Yeah, yeah. 
but there's some things that we can't live without. Yeah. And that needs to climb the priority ladder to the top. Yeah. Definitely. And so that's the discovery that I've made. Yeah. It's got us realigning. Mm -hmm. If I can go back to, you know, when we first started our priorities, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that needs to get back in line. God has to be first above everything else before my job, before my, my, my goals, Mm -hmm. my, even my ministry, even my family, mm. God forbid, because some folks think that your family's number one. Mm. My, my family's my world. Yes. No, Jesus has to be your world. Yes. And your family has to be somewhere in that world. Mm-hmm. Your career is somewhere in there. Not first, yes. but underneath in the yeah. right priorities. You know, and so mm-hmm. those are things that God is, is trying to teach us mm-hmm. during this season. Anthony, your priorities are out of order. Mm. You're passionate about the wrong things. Yeah. You had too much time wasters that was pulling you away from what was really essential. Mm. So I'm, I've allowed this to happen so you can figure out what is really important to me. Yeah. You know, and if, if it's important to God, it should be important to yeah. us. And if it's not important to God, it shouldn't even be in our to-do list. Amen. Amen, Pastor. So how do you see, Pastor, we're already in July, um, you know, the middle of the year. Um, what, what's your outlook, though, for the rest of 2021 for your ministry and for your church there in Phoenix, uh, for Phoenix First there? I, I think it's to get out of survival mode mm. into thriving mode. You know, uh, we what, what the pandemic did, as we mentioned, it put us in a survival mode, mm. you know, uh, I just got to get through this week. Mm. I just got to have enough toilet paper, you know, to get my family through. And so we were surviving. And a lot of folks have come back to church, gone back to work, started getting their lives assimilated again. Mm -hmm. But they're still in survival mode. Mm. You know, like we're talking about, they're they're afraid to dream. Mm. You know, they, they were serving in their local church, but they're not serving anymore. You know, yeah. they were involved before the pandemic, an usher, a greeter, music, youth, small groups, you know, in, even in ministry, ordained ministry, you know, in some type of serving capacity. Mm-hmm. But because we're in survival mode, we're not back to those things again. Yeah. And, and now the pandemic is an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not coming to church because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm not involved like I should be because of all that's happened in the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know? And so now it's, a, it's, it's an excuse for not moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so God is wanting the church to get out of survival mode into thriving mode. Yeah. You know, I, I'm working on my message for Sunday already and pretty much got it finished. And one of the things I want to share with our church on Sunday is that in order to get through the season we're in, we got to find our purpose. Mm-hmm. And for some, it's find our purpose again. You know, we had it. Mm-hmm. We're walking it out. Maybe some just initially discovering their purpose, mm-hmm. tapping into something that brought them so much joy and so much fulfillment. And then a pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And now I'm confused. Was that my purpose? Isn't, is that God where, where God wanted me to go? Yeah. Because now I'm here. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so I think the next phase for us as individuals mm-hmm. and as the church is to connect to our purpose again. Mm. You know, yeah, we've suffered mm-hmm. and a lot 
a lot of suffering has happened. Yeah. A lot of loss. People are grieving. Mm-hmm. Holidays are coming around. Uh, anniversary dates, and yeah. birthdays, you know, or special events are coming. And it brings these feelings back. Yeah. I don't have that loved one. I don't have that relationship. I don't have that friendship. And so there's grief and, and there's pain. And, and so how do we get through all of that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's normal things. We're all dealing with that. Mm-hmm. You got to connect to a purpose. Yeah. You got you to gotta connect to something greater than yourself. Don't get stuck in that valley. Mm-hmm. The psalmist said, yeah, though I walk through the valley. Mm-hmm. There's a beginning and there's an ending. Yes. You don't have to always live there. You don't have to build a tent or, or build your life in the middle of the valley mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to always be at a loss. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to be dealing with this pain forever. There's, there's, there's a hope. Yes, that you can get to the other side. Yeah. You and your family can walk through that 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 lonely season you've been in, and get out on the other side. God's going to help you, mm-hmm. but while you're going through all of that, you got to connect to a purpose again. Mm-hmm. You got to connect to something greater than yourself. Yes. And the greatest purpose of it all is to know Jesus yes. and to make Him known. Yes. That's why we're here on this earth. I need to know Him mm-hmm. for myself in a greater way. And once I know him, then I got to make sure he's known to others. So wherever we are in that spectrum, that's what you need to plug into. Mm. Maybe God's calling somebody listening to this podcast right now to get to know Jesus better, to get to know him better, to dive deeper in your relationship with him, Mm. to get back to fasting, get back to Bible reading, to get back into walking with Jesus every day, hearing his voice, to know him. Like Paul said, that I may know him yes. and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. I, I want to know him. Mm. And maybe someone else that's listening today, you say, well, preacher, I, I think I know him. I've been walking with him. My, throughout this pandemic, my, my relationship with God got stronger. My foundation got stronger. I'm closer to him today than I was before. Yeah. Okay, well, now for you, your next step is to make him known. Mm. What gifts do you have? What passion do you have? What opportunities do you have? You got to make him known through those through those those vehicles, yes. those gifts, those talents. Let people know that there's hope. They want to believe in hope. Yes. They want to believe in something greater than themselves. It's not time for the church to to stay in hideout. Mm. It's the, the doors are open. Yeah. Let's come back. Let's find our place again. Mm. Your pastor needs your help. The local church needs your gifts. We've got educated people in our churches. Mm people prospering in business, uh, leadership and owners and managers. The church needs your gifts. You have creative individuals that are using that creativity for corporations and companies. And God's gifted them that way. And you're providing for yourself and your family that way. And praise God for that. But don't leave out the kingdom of God. Mm. Those creative gifts are needed in the kingdom. we got to make Jesus, you know, uh, the center again. And so for me, brother, that's, that's where I feel we are. Yeah. You know, there's some other things in the spirit that, that God's been dealing with me about where he wants to take the church mm. supernaturally, what end time revival looks like. Wow. But I, but as a pastor, you know, you walk people through steps. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't like to get people ahead. Mm. You know, we talk about the world and reaching the world and what that looks like. Yeah. But as a pastor, you say, okay, start in your circles. Yeah. Start with the people around you, co-workers, neighbors, friends, loved ones, 
you know, that's where your world is. Yeah. And before we tear the devil's kingdom down, yeah. let, let's just let's slowly get Jesus yes. back in the center of our conversations. Get yeah. him back, in, you know, uh, on our social media again. You know, get him yeah. back to the focus. Yes. And so I, I think that's the, the critical move yeah. going from surviving to, to thriving. In Jesus and name. that's where God's taking his church. Yes, yes. From surviving to thriving. In Jesus' name, Pastor Anthony. Um, well, Pastor, uh, speaking from your own experience as a Christian, if you could encourage someone today that is listening, if they should continue or start their own relationship with Christ, what would you what would you say to them, Pastor? Jesus always works in the New Testament specifically at the point of need. Mm. You know, he he used the need that was there to to share his kingdom principles. You know, to get people from where they were, where they where they are, better said, to where he wants them to be. Mm. And so where you are right now, what do you need God to do in your life? Mm -hmm. Let him do it. You know, if you need peace, come to him mm -hmm. and let him be the prince of peace. You know, if, there, if there's so much noise around you, let him come and bring you a sense of, of calm again. Yeah. Maybe someone that just feels lost. The Bible says that he's the way. Yes. You know, he's the truth. He's the life. Yes. And, and so he wants to meet you at the point of your need. Mm. Maybe someone's sick and you need just to be the healer. You can heal your body yes. the, by the, the, the stripes that he took on Calvary. You, you can be healed. Yes. Maybe someone feels so overwhelmed, you know, by, by sin. Mm. I, I've done so much. Uh, how could God forgive me? Mm. How could God take me back? Can I tell you that in 2021, the blood of Jesus is still powerful enough yes. to wash you and cleanse you. Calvary happened 2,000 years ago so that you could be free today. Yes. Jesus died so that you don't have to die in your sins. Mm. He was buried so that you don't have to be buried by depression and, and anxiety and worry and fear. He rose up out of the grave so that you could come out and you can be victorious. Yes. Friend that's listening, you can come out. Jesus is here to bring you out, but you got to come to him. Yes. So he'll meet you at the point of your need. He's not asking you right now to be this disciple. Mm. He's not asking you to be this extraordinary vessel. He just wants you to come to him. Yes. Bring the broken pieces of your life. Bring your hurts, your pains, your questions. He's willing to hear your questions. Yes. And not only will he give you the answer, he is the answer. Yes. You know, so you just got to come to him at the point of your need, what you need him to do yeah. and allow him to do that in your life. And he will. How do you know? Because he's done it for me mm, yes. time and time again. He's been the thing that I needed when I needed it the most. Amen. And, and so whoever's listening today, wherever you find yourself, you can come to Jesus, yes. whether it's closer or maybe you feel so far away. Take that first step. He said, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. Yes. You know, he's, We're not asking you to join a church. We're not asking you to be this full-fledged member. Hmm. We're not asking you to be the volunteer of the month. We just take the step to God today, yeah. right where you are. Just take that first step. Say, God, I don't know where you're taking me. I don't even know what this all looks like, 
but I need you. Yeah. I need you to do this in my life and give him an opportunity, a little space for grace, yes. for him to come in and, and do something that only he can do. Yeah. We call that a miracle. The miraculous is God doing something that no one else can do mm. out of the natural, the supernatural. Yes. And he wants to do that in your life today yeah. if you'll let him. Amen. Such powerful words, Pastor. Thank you so much for for sharing. You know, like you said, just just a touch of of what what God is doing in your in your life, or what God has done in your life, um, Pastor. But before we we go, could, would you be able to tell us how we can connect uh, to your church and to your like your services and your ministry, Pastor? Definitely. Uh, you know, our church is on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, Phoenix First Apostolic Church. You can find us on those social media outlets. Uh, that's You'll see everything that we're doing in our church. We go live. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Phoenix First Apostolic Church. We have services there. You want to find out what we're about, you can connect there. Uh, we also have our website, phoenixapostolic.com. We're here in the city of Phoenix uh, in Arizona, 10 minutes south of downtown. Uh, 10 minutes away from the from the Sky Harbor Airport here in Phoenix on 7th Street and Baseline. Uh, our English services on Sunday are at 10 a.m. And our Spanish services are at 2 p.m., uh, you know, Mount Standard Time. And, and so, you know, if you want to watch us on, online live, we'd love to have you connect with us. If you're here in the greater Phoenix area and you don't have a home church, uh, we'd love to have you come and join us. We'd love to get to know you. We're a very friendly church. Uh, we love reaching out. We're a church of, of, of people who don't have it together, who aren't perfect, <laughs> yes. but are searching after a God that can put the pieces of our lives back together. Yes. And so if you're broken, come and join a bunch of broken people. Yes. You know, If you got hangups, come join a bunch of us that got <laughs> hangups too. And let's reach God together. Yes. And so we'd love for, to connect with you. Uh, figure out how we could minister to you and your family. If you have a need, a prayer, uh, you know, whatever it is that we can do, uh, connect with us. Look for us. And we'd love to help you any way that we can. Yes. All right, Pastor. Well, like I, like I mentioned earlier, it's so uplifting to hear, you know, all the wonderful works and, and things that God, again, is doing, is doing in your life, Pastor, and has done in your life. And, and we're going to continue to pray for your church there in Phoenix first, um, for Bishop Romo, for yourself, for your families, that, um, you know, that you will continue to, to minister and make an impact there in the city of Phoenix where you're at pastor. Uh, and again, thank you so much, brother. Oh, my, our pleasure. Um, my pleasure, pastor. And again, just continue to keep us pray uh, in your prayers out here in Tucson and, um, and we're not too far apart, but it seems like it is far <laughs> worlds apart to make that two and a half hour drive sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> but hopefully once everything, uh, well, as everything continues to settle down, hopefully we'll, we'll get a chance to connect in person, pastor, and, and get to see you guys there. Definitely. So, brother. I look, I look forward to it. All right. It's great connecting with you here on this yeah. amazing platform. We'll be praying that God continue to use you, use this podcast to continue to bless a lot of people and that God will give you the strength and the creativity continue reaching people in, in the day that we're living in. And so it's, it's been an honor. Thank, Thank you for having me. And we're going to continue to believe that the greater things are still yet yes. to come. 
Amen. And Pastor, would you mind if I asked if, if you would uh, just dismiss us in a prayer? This is just something Amen. we started doing, if you wouldn't mind, Pastor. Definitely. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the blessing of being able to come to so many people yes, through these means. Father. I thank you for Brother Mario Nahara, his wife and family, uh, their local church, Lord, this amazing ministry that you've given him that has touched so many people and without a doubt is going to continue to touch many more people. God, give them grace, give them anointing, lead and direct and guide them. Supply every need that they have, Lord. Continue to use them to make an even greater impact in this hour, Lord. We thank you for what you've done in this time that we've been together, for the way you've encouraged people, ministered to people. Seeds have been sown, Lord, Mm. and we're believing that as time goes on, they're going to bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit, Lord. Continue to be glorified, Lord, in everything that we do. Minister to every heart, to every need. That person that's listening right now that needs a healing touch, heal them right now, Lord, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Mm. I speak a word of faith of healing. Heal everybody, every mind, and every heart, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually today, Lord. You're a God that can do it. You work miracles, Lord. Anybody that's listening right now that needs a miraculous touch Mm. in their life, whatever it is, Move miraculously on their behalf. Provide, restore, save, have mercy on somebody today, Lord. Lord. Be the light in the darkness. Do the things that only you can do, Jesus. We declare the victory right now in the wonderful name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Ghost, Mm. be glorified in everything that we say and do. We love you, Lord. We ask this in the awesome and powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 God bless you, Pastor Anthony. Thank you again one more time, sir. I appreciate it. Amen, my brother. It's a pleasure. Um, and God bless you as well. God bless you. Well, as uh, we conduct our podcast for today, I would like to thank all of you again for listening in. And I pray that there has been a seed of faith planted in your heart and in your mind, that the seed will grow and produce fruit in your life. If you would like to hear previous podcasts or learn more about this podcast, you can go to our podcast SoundCloud page at www dot soundcloud.com forward slash i have podcast and there you will find links to our social media platforms and also if you're interested in supporting this podcast uh, ministry by giving there will be links available there to direct it to our patreon page or where you can become a sponsoring member member or to be a one-time giver uh, at our paypal page if you would like to reach out to us please email us at i have podcast at gmail.com until next time lord willing god bless